Welcome everyone to another episode of the Unreal Deep Podcast, brought to you in part by Tazini Media. I'm your host, Steve Samino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. As always. Not always. Not always. <laughs> most of the time. I mean, as always, there was a brief sad period there where you weren't there, so I think I might have tucked that in just on the off chance that you would be gone, but we have now we're together forever, so. <laughs> It'll happen again, I'm sure. <laughs> Perhaps, but... <clears throat> We've been good for the last one, especially on an episode like this. We're never going to be apart for such that's, a, that's a hot take like this one. That's true. That's true. Because today, dear listeners, we are talking about the 2017 Oscar nominations, which just dropped. And it is, if you've listened to In Real Deep, and God willing, you have been for the last little while, you'll know that this is an interesting topic for us because we view with a certain degree of reverence, but also often disparage and disagree and dislike the decisions that the Academy made. So it's, it's, it's good for us because it allows us to sort of flex our knowledge muscle, but also flex our angry muscle and let us really, really speak out against stuff that we, that we don't not like. It's uh, I think this expression is over overused at this point, but uh, it's, it's a true love hate relationship that we have with the Oscars. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Very much so. And justifiably so, because as as the last couple of years, you know, and and we've talked about the the cam the campaigns and the and the you know d- desires of the people to better match their decisions afterwards. That like they the Oscars do not always get it right, but I think we can. This is an interesting year because I think you know, and we'll talk about this later. But they they do seem to have got it right in quotes in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably gonna be the least contentious of the episodes we've ever recorded. Yeah, there's not like I didn't feel like there were uh, a bunch of head scratching nominations or um, or you know really big big noticeable snubs. I mean, there are a few, but I think it's it's a little nitpicky. So yeah, yeah, and that's good. And like, and again, it's it's good in the sense that they they seem to have the. It, it's nice when they have the pulse of the regular movie going populace. There's still some stuff that is curious, and it certainly still doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll talk more down the line about how it speaks to the general movie-going fan, but in I was I was relatively happy to see that things things fit in, and, and, and no one was, was snubbed in the way that would have caused an, any sort of uproar. Yes, and well, as we know, this is a large, large voting body, and as we've seen recently, large voting bodies uh, <laughs> sometimes are imperfect. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot necessarily predict that what they choose to do. They may go off the rails. They may be curious, as is their right to do so. But it is, I guess, <laughs> its own way. I never, th- I haven't thought about that, but that is a very good comparison. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, uh, no, no problem. So yeah, that that one's for our uh, our one Facebook commenter today. Um, <laughs> Who, uh, we'll try not. Who, we harp on that a lot. We're we're trying. Maybe this one will be a respite from all the the daily sadness. So. I, I just want to say one thing to that that gentleman. Uh, I allowed you to. He's have, not listening to this podcast, by the way. So I, you're speaking he, to he other gentlemen. He, who did, made, he didn't read the article either. He just commented knee jerk reaction. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to say that I allowed him to have the last word on Facebook because I have a podcast and he doesn't, so I can always have the last word if I really <laughs> want it. And we have over 2,000 downloads, so he does not have that Uh for sure. Thousands. Andrew. 1.5 million downloads. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Andrew, let's do beverage of choice. What are you enjoying right now before we get going? Uh, let's, let's connect with our fans in a real down-to-earth, reasonable way. I am drinking a Flying Dog Blood Orange Ale, uh, which is one of my favorite, like, super drinkable beers that you have to be really careful of. I, I don't know if you've had it, but it's just, it's it's not too fruity. It's very, it's got good body. It's a true pale ale, but uh, is super drinkable, but it's also 7% ABV, Ooh. so... It'll it'll okay. come up it'll come up and get you you know. So. <laughs> well, I have a Lost Rhino Dawn Patrol Session IPA, oh. which is has all the taste of an IPA, but a very low alcohol by content. So I guess yeah. that is a nice turn. I feel like that um, can have a bunch of those, but you still get the strong. And it's hard to drink a lot of them in a row because <laughs> the strong and taste yeah. is yeah. Uh, insurmountable. You're, you're sessioning, bro. Session with your bro. Session. Session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that a thing bros do? I don't know. I feel like a session IPA is a very bro thing to say. But... <laughs> well, then sign me up for the brodom. I'm just trying to get my taste and also get my longevity and mix those two. So. Do you even sesh, bro? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing I had to answer for, but yeah, yeah. sure. Sure, sure, sure. All right, Andrew, let's, let's, let's bring our drinks into this Oscar nomination. So let's... Let's start off with Beck's best picture. It's the, it's I, I think we've talked about this. If you listen to our La La Land episode, this may not be the uh, most surprising right. uh, category that we're going to talk about, but it's still there's been some there's some cool names on there that I think if you're a movie fan like us, you sometimes the nomination is as important as the win, and I think there's some good names on here that we can all get behind. So. Yeah, it's like a rich tapestry of different uh, genres and stuff like that. It's kind of cool list. So here it is. It's uh, There are nine nominations this year. Again, the Academy switched to from five to up to ten a few years back, but I don't think they've ever actually had ten since they made that switch. Uh, so the nominees are Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I would say the favorites in order are La La Land, Moonlight, and Manchester by the Sea at this point. Um, with yeah, La La and Land I, would, being I wouldn't even a, put Manchester by the Sea in that. Yeah, with and with La La Land being like a, a really big favorite at this point. It got prohibitive. It got favorite. fourteen nominations, which is ties the record. Um, so. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a heavy favorite. Uh, if you, yeah. And the other ones, it's, it's, um, sort of a nice to be there scenario. And I think we should say for the record that neither one of us has seen lion fences or hidden figures at this point, which is sad because I think both of us really want to see fences and hidden figures. Unfortunately, we are not official uh, film critics, so we don't get invited to free screenings. We have to pay for them out of our pockets. So if someone wants to send us money to see fences <laughs> or figures, we'd be way quicker to attend those screenings. But yeah, yeah. for the time being, we're, we're sort of fitting in what we can. In my case, I need more than a movie ticket. I also need a babysitter to cover <laughs> babysitter. for a few, a few hours, which yeah. is an extra expense. So yeah. yeah, I can go see it by myself, but I just have to talk, you know, my girlfriend out of being mad at me for going by myself. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I have I have a hill, not as insurmountable as yours, but a hill nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So anyway, with that being said, I don't think either of any of those will impact Best Picture. I was surprised to see Arrival and Hell or High Water get in there, and I guess Hidden Figures to a certain extent. But I was happy to see all of these ones on there. 
there and I was happy to not see Deadpool on there because it seemed like weirdly one of the conversations before the Best Picture nominees came out was whether Deadpool would be included, which a lot I saw a lot of people justifying that in their weird way. I don't understand what the demographic they're hoping to reach was. I don't understand what Deadpool fans cared if their movie they liked was a Best Picture nominee. It seemed like ever since Dark Knight, I think people have tried, been trying to find that one movie that crosses over between a commercial hit and critical hit and Oscar nominee, I guess. And I just... It was it was very strange to me that Deadpool was one of the ones they tried to pull out of the muck and claim was that sort of crossover hit. Um, yeah, totally agree. Uh, and that one movie they're looking forward was called The Dark Knight, and that's the reason they expanded the category to nine <laughs> yeah. nine nominees. But anyway, um, yeah, Deadpool is is probably not even the best comic book movie that was released in this calendar year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, did, so. we can have a whole conversation about whether Captain America Civil War should have been more appropriate and it should not have gotten one, but it's, there's it's, like, it's nowhere near any of these other films except maybe Lion, which I don't know anything about, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we weirdly both do not want to say. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, I was glad not to see Deadpool up there cause, um, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, comic book movies are popular, but they're not like they're not high art. They're not like movies that that uh, unfortunately that you know really uh, take you to some other place, put you in someone else's shoes, or uh, you know, they're just like they're nice, I guess. Yeah, and nor did Deadpool subvert the genre in any real way. Yeah. Like it was. It was a curse-centric, you know, yeah. R-rated yeah. Uh, comic movie, which is which is relatively rare because they usually they appeal to the broadest demographic and try not to alienate kids by not being, you know, R-rated. But that's that's not like again, not saying Captain America: Civil War deserved to be nominated for an Oscar. But when you have a movie with twelve potential leads men and women alike who are extremely popular, extremely beloved by fans, and you somehow weave them together in a way that works, that's hard to do. Like, I don't think the Russo brothers are wonderful directors by any means. I think they've gotten better as they made movies, you know, over and over. I think they did a really good job with this particular movie. And I think it's, it was a crazy big project to take on. And I know that common, you know, regular fans wouldn't, think about that particular aspect and or should they, they should just like if they, whether they like the movie or not, but everyone liked that movie too. So it's not like, it's not like, like technically it was a complicated, you know, an accomplishment seeing it was an accomplishment because people enjoyed it. Like if, if we're going to weirdly judge movies on that merit, like that it came out of nowhere and it, you know, surprised the studio and it made people happy. There are plenty of movies that every year that do that, yeah. they don't all get best picture nominee. It just seemed like a weird extension of the rule just to serve an audience that I don't understand why they need to be served. Yeah. And if we're going to talk about a genre of movies that, uh, actually gets fucked at, on the best picture nominations, let's talk about comedies, right? Which, yeah. um, just, just routinely get, I mean, I guess you could loosely sort of call La La Land like a, it has comedic elements. I, I guess. guess no one's calling it that though. Um, no, no one is calling it that, but it, it, uh, besides but, the Golden Globes, which uh, I guess musical stuff. I, I guess what I'm getting at is if we're weeping for a genre, it should probably be comedies, which just are tossed aside out of hand. Um, 
I no. mean, I, I, I love the lobster. We both loved Hunt for the Wilder People. If they had snuck in, that would have been something worth celebrating, despite their their relatively quiet small box office and and critic and you know appeal across the board. Those are weird ass, interesting movies that it would have been great to see. And granted, again, um, Hell or High Water sort of fills that role. Hidden Figures is a way more popular movie, so I'm super happy to see that there. And Arrival also very popular, but it. I'd rather see one of those com one of those comedy issues, strange, dark movies you mentioned, mm -hmm. than a stupid comic movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the other thing worth well, there's a bunch of things worth talking about, but I think the other thing that's interesting is that after you know two years of Oscars so white being a thing, um, we have three movies with predominantly you know with African Americans either in the starring roles or like in the case of Moonlight, that's pretty much exclusively people yeah. of color and it's like i kept trying to remember like when white people were actually in that movie uh and and then we have lion of course with deb patel so uh uh four of the nine nominees have you know stars with uh that are not white um i don't i i we you know we were talking about this before we got on i i don't i'm of the mind that that we shouldn't make more of that than it is um the you know, for a couple of reasons. One, the movies that were nominated in many cases were either in production or complete. Um, you know, when the whole controversy sort of touched off. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to say, Oh, this is a reaction to that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and two, you know, um, uh, what am I getting at here? The, 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 the the Oscars are maybe just generally not the best barometer for real progress in that department. Sure, which we've so, said a hundred times so, over. This <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, we have said it a, a million times, but you know, real change will be when um, we have just as many women as men, you know, directing Star Wars films and Marvel films and stuff like that. You know, that's the that's the that's that's the real sign of change, not you know, um, the Academy Awards having a few few more people yeah not a very limited the critical lights. body deciding that you fit the bill of what they think is a good movie yeah and i mean also it's also you know i think it, it it's it's a very weird way to think about it you know because um, the oscars are obviously the most high, high profile moment of the year for the movies but um you know movies don't happen within calendar years really like they don't they don't they don't follow that cycle um and, uh, and, you know, I think we should also judge them on their merit. You know, I think snubbing Selma two years ago was a really gross oversight. Last year, I'm not sure you could really say the same. I think, like, the movie that people held up there was um, Straight Outta Compton, which in my book was just not, not really a particularly good movie, honestly. Yeah, um, it so, seems it's, it's so, one of those movies that I love seeing on, like, HBO or yeah. you have to yeah. fact, but I... I Again, why? What like? What is the value of giving that a nomination besides saying you gave it a nomination? Like, there's, it's, it's, it's. You're totally right. It's, it's very interesting to complain about. Like, oh, like these movies that were made two and a half years ago or conceived and, and put into play two and a half years ago now no longer meet the current zeitgeist of popular culture and political. Like, that's not how movies have ever worked. Like, I understand why people respond to that because they get them in their doorstep and they don't agree or they wish it was X, Y, Z, but it's just, it's just betraying a, 
a lack of knowledge about how this whole process works. And it's right. just, it just doesn't really do anything for you to, you can complain all you want. Like I'm all for wanting more movies to be made by African Americans and people of color and, and any diversity. Like I want movies that are come out of left field and make me happy and make me laugh and make me cry. Like I love that. But to act like it's a yearly uh, phenomenon that this year was bad just seems a little interesting and weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just like, I, I think you have to both give the Academy like zero credit and like a little bit more credit than maybe some people give it, depending on <laughs> yeah. who you're talking to. It's <laughs> the weird part. Like I want to like, yell at them all the time, but <laughs> well, like Moonlight is a best picture nominee any year, you know, like that, that, that movie yeah. is, I mean, it may not have been made six or seven years ago, which is like probably a bigger sign of progress than anything, but you know, that, Two years ago, three years ago, what? That's a that's a best picture nominee every single year. So, um. you make it. I mean, that's an interesting point, and it's a little bit of an aside. But the fact that something gets made and gets promoted, mm -hmm. and again, that that's there are so many things that don't get promoted and get made that just mm -hmm. get shipped off to Netflix or play at a you know a festival and disappear. And and it's I'm sure there are great things in there that really would advance the especially the idea of diversity, but certainly just the idea of interesting different filmmaking. But the fact that they put bucks and effort and and you know want to get eyes in front of a movie like that in this is 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 reassuring. And it's not it doesn't mean we've solved you know problems of diversity and equity and we've made everything equal. But it's nice to see a movie like Moonlight that is so goddamn good. That it is in front of everybody, and you hope that leads to other movies by Barry Jenkins or by other people that they can fill that spot as well, because they see that it makes a couple bucks, it makes it people get talking about it, gets exciting, and it it, it provides something to the culture, and it is not it, it is a worthy investment for companies to make. Yeah, and then, and then I think the the point to maybe close on there is that um, in the specific example of Moonlight, this is the actual this is the argument I make every year now when we do this podcast, but that uh, the Oscars, for as much as we don't like certain parts of it. Um, have a very real financial impact um and like moonlight's back in theaters you know it was yep. in it was in theaters in cities like where we live for you know a hot hot second in october uh and I, but i was looking at the movie listings today you know out here more in suburban maryland and it's back in theaters so i mean that's that's a very real direct impact a positive impact of the oscars you know so yep um, i agree you know there's a bunch of bs that goes along with it obviously um uh, but uh but, but you but people like you and i who are like relatively not, not i was gonna say plugged in that's embarrassing that's not what we are but we care about how much money movies like that make because we want to see more of them exactly and i get really happy when i see things like that yeah. too because it, you know it means more a little more money in barry jenkins pocket and a, you know and more of a likelihood that more moonlighty type movies will be made yeah we got to pass the hat yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> we do especially these days we got to pass the hat yeah. across the board yeah uh <laughs> right. any other like random thoughts i mean I, I i the only other thing i i would call out on those nominees is i'm just really pleased to see hell or high water in there i know you didn't like that as much as i did um, i like it more as time goes like i, I didn't love it but I, it's the kind of it, it's it's I, I took a note of this like it's it's weird to not love a movie but to see it get critical came like i didn't love arrival 
or Hell or High Water. Like I know people, both of those movies were movies that other people really liked. Not necessarily you, but but other people. I know you didn't love Arrival, but I am happy that Dennis Villeneuve and the Taylor McKenzie, both their movies got critical recognition and will get those little bumps you talked about and get more praise. Like it's one of those things where I'd rather the little guy get it than some other big budget whatever. Like yeah. so while they weren't exactly my cup of tea, they're not they're both the kind of movies that I would never tell and I've already said this several times to some friends and family, like, go see those movies. I didn't love them, but you might love yeah. them a ton. Yeah. And I'm really happy to see them get sort of this sort of acclaim. Yeah. Well what I loved about Hell or High Water was just that it showed a way forward for my uh my beloved Western um genre, which is feels like uh it's it's withering on the vine and dying and that movie said hey here's how you can actually just make a western sure yeah. there are automobiles uh but you can still make a really really good western it just yeah has, an american has western all the beats of a western modern american yeah, yeah absolutely um so i I'm, I'm excited by that um i don't and know it's interesting to see um no silence i was surprised the silence was shut out pretty much everything that was um I figured it might sneak in the best picture for Marty and and the gang, but it was uh I, again another one I haven't seen, but I that was sort of a foregone conclusion three months ago that yeah. would be a front runner, and now it didn't even didn't even get a mention. Well, it just came out so late. Uh, I mean, and I know there are some Is other. That why like that's so like I mean I I know that's probably partly why, but it's so interesting to see that impact a movie like that because i've been heard great reviews have not been great hell or high water came out six months ago like it's it's pretty crazy that it was still recognized at this point in the game well i think the point is with with that timing thing and i agree it's stupid but uh is that uh with hell or high water it so uh, from the timing what i understand of it i'm not saying this is smart at all but like hell or high water at least get, got six months for a lot of people to see it Whereas yeah. silence, when you talk about they, you know, they narrow it down to the nominees. There's a sort of a first round of voting. I mean, silence, in addition to being late, is like two hours and forty minutes long. Yeah. So probably there's a lot of people who just haven't haven't had time to see <laughs> yeah. it yet. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so that's that's what I would I would sort of guess. I mean, I know. I, there's that's, a, that's, I mean, it's a disheartening thing to think about, but I'm sure that impacts it way more than we know. Well, you the, know, there's this whole Too like long done. No, thanks. There's this whole imperfect science to, you know, when a movie comes out. And I, I think a lot of it's like like bullshit because, um, you know, uh, like Argo came out in like October. Right. And won easily. And then like La La Land came out like basically in late December and it looks yep. like it's going to win easily. Um, but the runner- Axel Rich came out a long time ago and I got a ton of yeah. nominations. Like, yeah, and the runner up yeah. to La La Land is came out in again October, so I don't know that <laughs> it's almost like if you make a good movie and you release it whenever the fuck you want, people go see it and they go, This is good, and then you have a good chance of getting a nomination, which is the way it used to be. Like, it didn't yeah. always, if you go back to like, the, I always go back to the 94 best picture race because it's like, I think it's considered like the greatest one in modern Oscar history because it had. Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump won that year, but also had Pulp Fiction, uh, Shawshank Redemption, another really good movie that I'm forgetting. Um, uh, anyway, like, but if you, go, you. if you go back and look at all the release dates, they're like all over the calendar. One's in April, one's in like July, and you know, like, it's like, uh, so what really wasn't always like this. Um, 
So I think there's this really imperfect science going on there. And I agree with you that, you know, generally speaking, unless you get in a situation like Silence where it comes out so late, it's a really long movie. Um, quiz show. Do you, are you referencing quiz show? I love quiz show. Uh, that was it was, it was Forrest Gump. Uh, four weddings, four weddings and a funeral. funeral quiz show. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I think Quiz yep. Show is a great movie. So I, I don't think it's what you're referencing, but I do. I want to say for the record that I really like Quiz Show. <laughs> it is a good movie. Well, I mean, that, yeah. and the fact that Forrest Gump beat out like probably two of the most beloved movies of yeah. that decade. I mean, Forrest Gump is beloved in its own right, but I mean, I don't think most people would probably say it's not nearly the movie Shawshank or uh, or uh, or Pulp Fiction is. So anyway, I also like as a, as a total aside, I like looking at the producers of these movies, and none of them are the directors or like anyone involved in the industry that I've ever heard of. <laughs> so obviously, you can tell back in the day it was just people who put up the bucks, or yeah. like you know, or like yeah. and you know, producer type industry people. And now it's you can't see a, a nominee that doesn't have someone you've heard of, a writer, or a director, right. or a producer, or something. Right. So. Right. It's like one person. Nikki Marvin is the only person I'm for Shawshank. <laughs> Nikki Marvin. Who is Nikki Marvin? Good for her so, or him. I don't know. That is. Sounds like some sort of like mob criminal. I don't know. Nikki Marvin. <laughs> yeah. No, Nikki Marvin. Yeah, here's yeah. thirty million bucks. Make a yeah. prison movie. Yeah. All right, back to it. All right. Should we move on? Yes. Where Where to next? Actor in a leading role, perhaps. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's Let's be uh, men first. After this weekend. Uh, okay, the nominees are... It's next on my website, so oh, blame his website. I know, yeah, the Oscars website, listen to that. Uh, see, gender bias everywhere. Uh, okay, the nominees are Casey Affleck from Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling from La La Land, uh, Viggo Mortensen from Captain Fantastic, which is a movie I think one of us is probably gonna have to see at some point uh denzel and uh denzel washington from fences i've heard captain fantastic is actually good but i guess is it accessible on some sort of streaming application well yeah probably I'm all right well have to pay, pay for it but <laughs> i mean this this also seems like a far gone conclusion and mm. i will say i don't know if we've talked about this yet and i suspect i don't think you, you and i haven't talked about it yet I understand that case the, the sexual assault allegations against Casey Affleck are, if not damning, then worth a look. But I, tr- I don't know. I try and remove it from the situation because he was really good in the movie. I try and look at him as how he was in that movie. It's uh, it's an awkward situation. We've dealt with it with Woody. We're going to talk about it again soon with Mel Gibson. It's it's you know it's very it's very strange and difficult to separate uh, actor actress director writer from their craft when they've done something wrong. But when it like I really enjoy Casey Affleck in this movie. If something happens to change my view of him down the line, I'd be happy. The first one to admit that he is a piece of shit, and if he committed crimes, he should be punished for them. But I, I cannot at, at this point say that he was not the best actor of these five in this movies. Yeah, I mean, I I wrestle. I think both of us wrestle with that that idea um, all the time. And I think one of the things for me that like where I've had trouble recently watching like Woody Allen movies is is the is his he is like the auteur behind every one of his films. And a lot of his films, in retrospect, are super creepy. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, like, 
like Casey Affleck's character in Manchester by the Sea. It's not like he's a uh, <laughs> he's like a sexually assaulting women left and right. Um, I mean, he's just physically assaulting people in bars and whatnot. But uh, but I guess what I'm getting at there is I I'm with you, and then I generally try to divorce the uh, the uh, the the person, the artist from, from the work. Um, cause like the reality is we just don't know, uh, like, you know, there's this allegation about Casey Affleck, but you know, like fucking Andrew Garfield could be a total creep and we would never, how would we know it? I know. Like, you know? yeah. Like we don't know who these people are in real life. Like yeah. it, it's, it's, it's particularly damning when, when something comes out against somebody, but we, these people are literally faking other people and we, enjoy them for it and we revere them for it in a lot of ways and it's very when someone comes out to be a you know potentially committing crimes it's it's it's, it's hard to like it's almost I, I always say i don't like to meet my heroes in any capacity and i love like someone like bruce springsteen and i'd prefer not to meet bruce springsteen not because i think he's not a good dude i just don't know what it's going to be like when i come across that person in real life i when we're talking about something like this particular thing, like is KCF like the best actor in 2017 for this movie? I think he is. Do I think KCF like should be rewarded with other great performances or kept out of jail even? Like, I don't know if I know the answer to that, but I will say in this particular, I think he was very good in this movie. And I, that's that I saw something I, I am able to say. And beyond that, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, there and there's just no chance that anyone else is going to win in this category. No, so I mean, as much as I love Denzel <laughs> so, in general, and so. I will say, as the one Hacksaw Ridge viewer amongst the two of us, <laughs> it's very interesting to see uh, Garfield and Mel Gibson pop up in these conversations. And we'll talk about it a little more when we get to the director. But it's I did not expect that when I walked out of the movie. I saw that with my father, who's like a a big movie fan, but certainly you know is not ashamed to say this is an Oscar movie. This is not an Oscar movie. Like he definitely puts a lot of weight on that sort of thing. Neither one of us thought for a second that Hacksaw Ridge was any sort of Oscar movie. And here it is getting all these nominations and good for Garfield, I guess good for anti-Semitic and racist ass Mel, (laughs) but it's weird. Uh, it, It was, it's surprising to see. And I, and we'll talk more about it again in a little bit, but it's, I wonder what exactly that means for, for what they're trying to accomplish here. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the only other thing I would note here, uh, is that like, I think I can feel the momentum building between, uh, behind a eventual, uh, Ryan Gosling. It's his year win for some movie that you and I don't really care for that he's in. Um, cause, uh, you know, I thought he was very good in La La Land. Uh, I think we and, care for it. We just don't care for his performance to that extent. Uh, in La La Land, or yeah, I thought he, I thought he was great. Um, okay, but you're saying we don't care for him? No, I'm saying eventually he's going to win a movie. Uh, oh, a, a, sorry, an sorry, Oscar sorry. for this. some future movie. That you can cut this if you want. If that makes prob- no, no. I, uh, but I think it's like I, I can just <laughs> feel it, like the DiCaprio thing that we had last year. You know, like yes, it's, it's, it's yes, tur- yes, yes. It's his I turn. He's been nominated so many times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Casey Affleck is just, like, he really makes Manchester by the Sea. I know we didn't talk about it um, much, uh, but, I mean, that's a great movie. And he just carries the weight of what that character has lived in such an amazing way uh, that, uh, you know, he's just clearly the 
the winner and, and rightfully so i think so yeah and like it's not like he's on you know never been nominated before like he was great in the assassination of jesse james like he got an academy award nomination for that like he's not bereft of of praise beforehand like this is sort of out of nowhere but he you know and he, and he replaced matt damon in the role which i think we'd all be curious to see just to wonder if matt damon how we would have handled that role, what the movie would have been like if it was more popular maybe than it was. But I think Casey hit it out of the park. Like I think that movie has been maligned for a lot of reasons that are in no way related to what the movie is about or how good it is. And again, that sort of leads, like I understand it's a heated topic, but I still think if you're talking about best performance of the year, I think he is the person who delivered it. Yep. And and maybe the best Affleck actor, I think the best one in the <laughs> well, family. Nobody likes shitty Live by Night, so I think you might be right in that regard. I mean, I mean, I want to I want to say that they're both really talented. I just think Ben Affleck. I know he made Live by Night and, and directed that, but I think Ben Affleck is actually a really really good director. Um, and uh, and Casey Affleck is actually just a much better actor. Um, yeah, which is kind of interesting. All right, Andrew. So, what do you got for us uh, in terms of actress? Let's let's. It's just as important as actor. It just happens to be a separate category. So, tell us tell us about the five actress nominees. All right, we have Isabel Huppert. I hope I'm saying that right for Ill. L. So. I definitely did not say the title of that movie right, but I I corrected myself, so that's good. Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and the token Streep. Uh, nomination Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh. Well, this <laughs> this is another one. This is pro. Um, this is not the lock of the night, perhaps, but it's it's probably not far off. I think we both. Although I think Portman is a is a interesting, and she did a great job in her particular role. But I mean, with the love that La Land has gotten, it would be crazy to not see Emma Stone take home this particular award. I don't think it would be that crazy. I feel like you don't think I, at this point, I, after all fourteen nominations, they're not going to just quietly vote for Emma Stone and just let it go. Well, why isn't Ryan Gosling going to win if La La Land? Because gets he's everything? not nearly as good. He's he's the token dude. He's the <laughs> he's the token La La Land nominee. Like you said, Streep's <laughs> the token Streep nominee, but La, Emma Stone is actually the imp- most important part of La La Land. I just feel I'll like put money on it. If you want to bet some bucks on this, Andrew, I'd be happy to. To open my wallet. No, I think you're right, but I, I just I think you might be underselling <laughs> the chances of uh, Natalie Portman, who she was very good. As, again, as a Jackie viewer of the two of us, I will say she was very good. It just feels like the kind of role that she could you could see someone sneaking in. I mean, there if you want to, and again, neither one of us particularly respects the decisions of the uh, foreign press, but. Isabel Huppert won for L at the Golden Globes, and that was a big shock. I think we all thought that if anything was going to Portman, it might be that one. Mm-hmm. And she won there, so I mean, technically anything could happen. Yeah, but, I think I think this is well of the categories we've discussed so far. It's probably the most quote unquote. I would say wide all, open, no, uncertain. Best I guess. supporting is pretty is relatively wide, but mm-hmm. of, I would say best actor and best supporting actress are pretty set i would imagine pretty set in stone i would bet maybe not my life but a lot of my savings on those two categories this is one where i would not i'd be i'm pretty confident that it's going to be emma but i wouldn't bet any limbs or anything like that on it <laughs> yeah i'll keep I, my t- or any appendages like, uh, i'll keep my fingers my toes 
I guess, I guess that's, uh, I guess that's what I'm getting at that. I don't think it's, uh, yeah, it's not a bet the house, bet the mortgage. Um, yeah. And I guess we of... can both say that we, we both saw a rival and 20th century women and it's unfortunate as much as, as much as Meryl Streep is a, you know, legend and deserves all the praise she gets. Amy Adams for Arrival and Annette Benning for 20th Century Woman would be really nice to see here. They both did a great job. Yeah. I would say I saw like I've seen a couple. I, I thought Portman was great. I thought Ruth Naga was great. I love seeing both those two, and Emma Stone obviously. But it's it's a shame that 20th Century Woman, which got another nom, and Arrival, which was weirdly not weirdly beloved, but was a little surprisingly beloved. I thought those those are the two things those movies did best were Benning and Annette and Adams' performance. So. Yeah, I want to say that Meryl Streep is properly rated, and I thought her speech at the Golden Globes was very good. Uh, but yeah, I don't think she. And again, we've never it's... seen Florence Foster Jenkins. So no, yeah, know. it's it's an awkward position, things, but... but it's an awkward position. But it just feels like one that is not really totally earned. It feels like, uh, oh, Meryl Streep was up for something. I mean, how? What is the consecutive years at this point? I feel like she's literally nominated every year. Uh, I mean, she is won for like. Streak? I, might be. I'm not. I'm not entirely there's sure. There's probably not. There's probably like one year, but <laughs> I feel like she's in there every single year, and a lot of times for performances that are that are you know maybe not super yeah uh, maybe maybe you know it's probably a mix of best actress and best supporting actress because i think like into the woods she was probably supporting for that i think uh, she was supporting but anyway. and again you're right i think there's a little bit of a this this time of year is interesting for folks like us to comment on some of these movies because again we've never seen we haven't seen all the movies we've seen most some the majority of the movies so it, it to me like I, I find it slightly awkward that we can or so blatantly and you and I have had this conversation in other ways and you'll probably laugh at me for saying this because I think it directly contradicts other things I've said. <laughs> the Simpsons but it's, movie, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still when we say Flores Foster Jenkins stinks, we don't know that. We we can strongly surmise that, and I think we're both saying it in the context of it's it, we've seen the other movies; they were super good, Benning and Adams. We find it hard to believe that this movie no one really liked was Academy Award caliber. But I will just I'm offering the disclaimer that we are commenting on movies that we have not seen. I guess what I think we're getting at is that the optics of it look a bit a bit lazy, uh, I guess, sure. <laughs> from on the part of the Academy uh, nominating her for. Yes. Uh, and we guess yeah, we can blame them as much as we blame ourselves because it's their job to see all these movies when everyone says two people are better than this one person and that is not reflected. You have to raise an eyebrow and go, well, what, wh what was the reason behind this exactly? Yeah. Okay. Uh, where do we let's go do next? Some, let's do some actor and supporting role. This is a fun one. This is always, this is my favorite category every year because this is always the coolest people that I like the most. Always with the most, interesting performances too uh like a very except maybe dev patel which we both are again judging <laughs> i assumed i just i don't know why i do not want to see lion but i have no interest in seeing lion and i get so mad when i see anyone awarded for lion and i know nothing about it but it just seems so manufactured and so not like something i give a shit about 
Yeah, it's a Weinstein Brothers movie. Maybe that's sorry, Dev Patel yeah. and Nicole Kidman and the Weinstein's. Maybe it's great. I just, I just, I just, I don't know. Um, anyway, the other ones are great. The I no- love everyone else so much. The nominees for this category are Mar- Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, who was the nephew of Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel. For Lion and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Agree with you. I love the nominees just personally, like in this category. I obviously love Jeff Bridges. I thought Lucas Hedges was great uh, mm-hmm. in, in his performance. I haven't seen Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals, but I love Michael Shannon, so I assume it was outstanding. Um, and then I think the favorite is, is, is Ali at this point. Um, because we didn't get an, Alan, an Aaron Taylor Johnson nom from Nocturnal Animals, right. who won the Golden Globe, which right. was, which I was not expecting him to win the Golden Globe, but he was fantastic in Nocturnal Animals. As much as I like Nocturnal Animals, and as much as I love Michael Shannon, I would have rather seen Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, get a shot at reprising that win. But I think with him out of the picture, I think Ollie, it would be again. I don't think Moonlight's going to take home the big awards, but I think it will pick up some small, some smaller in quotes ones like this. Um, this gets into the minutia of the, the, the role, the, the, the way the nominations are handled, but do, do we think that like Jeff Bridges character in hell or high water, like kind of almost like belongs in a tweener category. Like he feels yeah. like more than a supporting actor in a lot of ways. Well, um, I mean, people say that about Viola in supporting role mm-hmm. and a, an actress, yeah. and I have not seen Fences, but it seemed to me that from everything I read that she was getting out of the way of the uh, yeah. Portman slash uh, everybody on Portman slash Stone onslaught that was coming her way. See, so, no, I said all these nice things, and that's why I hate this because it's cynical. <laughs> like you know, yeah. Jeff Bridges was like. I, I think he was probably more of a best actor if we're thinking about the definition of that word. Um, I mean, I know you can say like Chris Pine was probably more the main character there, but just barely. Um. <laughs> I mean, if you look at this, where to get to actress and supporting role in a few minutes, three of the perform like two of them in that, in that um, category I've seen. And from what I've heard about the people in that category, the other ones, it might be the most well acted category of the entire award. Yeah. So it's this is usually where you see the best performances mm-hmm. and you know the people who just sh- could be stars and are now dropping down which is why i like modershell so much is because he really is has a really big like, he is the definition of a supporting actor in that movie yeah. like he just yeah. he pops in for a little bit he he reverberates throughout the movie but he right. is only in it for 20 minutes maybe. And like that ostensibly is what, and Lucas Hedges even to a certain extent too, because mm-hmm. he's obviously not the main character. They really reverberate as a, what a supporting actor should be. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. And for people who want more detail on that, they should listen to our moonlight podcast from a few months ago. But, um, you know, Mahershala, that, that, that is a great way to put it. The reverberate. That's a great word um, to use. Um, cause he just, thank you. He, he, he just echoes throughout. I mean, he's in the beginning of the movie too. So he really echoes throughout it, his character. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he's, he's great. So, um, sure. so I'll be happy if he's, he's holding that statue up there. 
um, in a few weeks' time. <clears throat> I feel pretty good about that too. I would I would be surprised at this point if it's anybody else. Yeah, we're not even gonna have to do a picks podcast where we're like <laughs> certain on everything. Just listen to this. We're making bold <laughs> calls right away. We don't need we don't need hindsight or time. Uh, yeah. Um, all, all right. right. Andrew, one more. What, what's the other big one we're going to pop out there, and then we'll fill in the gaps. All right, so we've got Best Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, Viola Davis, who you just mentioned, for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea, and wow, I hadn't really taken that in since I, until I was reading them, and that is quite a category. Yeah, uh, and again, we've... We have not seen three of those movies, but I have no knowing Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis and all the praise Viola Davis is getting. I am like I'm. This is a and and I, like I love. I could not love Naomi Harris and Michelle Williams more for what they did in their movies. So to imagine there's better or equal performances from the other two is just is a pretty mind blowing idea. So this is a hot category. Yes, and we're continuing to discard Lion. <laughs> For, yes. for, for no real good reason. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole Kidman. I know. I'm sure she might be great. Maybe I'll see Lion in three years and just you know. But I can't do it right now. I so, can't factor it in. So what's the hot take? Who's the who's the favorite here? Is it Viola Davis or? I mean, there seems to this seems to be the lock of the category, right? Like of the night. There seems like there's no way Viola Davis David, Viola Davis doesn't win. But Hidden Figures has gotten a lot of publicity lately, and. People love Naomi Harris, as they should, because she's tremendous in it. And then I will say, as the one white woman candidate, because Nicole Kidman has zero chance to win this, <laughs> Michelle Williams is unbelievable in this, and I wish we could give her a bonus award for just doing a great job, but just being like... Because it's one of those things that is so fucking good, and she stands out so well, and she's in the movie so... it's just Again, I know this is what this award is for, and... It should, you know, if someone's better than her, that's great. But she, like, I am so excited to see Fences and Hidden Figures because I've heard that they're both arguably better than Michelle Williams. And I love Michelle Williams so much. And that's the most praise I can give is that I want to see someone top her because I really enjoyed her work in Manchester by the Sea so much. Yeah, I was going to say, as much as I uh, loved Moonlight, uh, and I thought Naomi Harris was great. I, I've only seen two of these, and I thought the I thought Michelle Williams of the two I've seen would be my choice. But yeah, we got a lot of a lot of homework to do there, I guess. But, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Michelle Williams is just I mean, devastating that's, in that movie. She's. I will say that's the good thing about the Oscars is it's it should not be held. We, again, we've said this a hundred times. It should not be held to with any sort of rigidity where you say I'm not going to see other movies because I want to see the Oscar nominees. But it does, if you had any sort of inkling to see Fences or Hidden Figures or even Lion and you were on the fence, go see it. Like, they are critically acclaimed, well-done movies. Like, like this is this is a as good a reason as any to pick some more out of the hat. Pick some ones that maybe you weren't going to see before and go see them. Like, that's... That's 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 the that that is the value that we always come back to for these sorts of things is they shine a light on things that maybe were not shined on from you know from October to December. Now all of a sudden it's bright. Just go see the ones that go see the ones that that and, and give them your own two cents and think about whether they 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 hit the marks that you want them to hit. Yep. All right, I think we got to jump around. I know you want to talk about Mel Gibson. Can't wait. So that's probably where <laughs> we should start. Well, let's, so let's, um, 
there's a lot of other i mean i think best director is the is the of the five big ones it's the sixth one yeah and and i think that we're both really happy to see barry jenkins get a nomination for best director along with kenneth lagerin uh dennis villanueva mel gibson and damien chazelle and i think we all know that damien chazelle is likely to win that one which is nice after his uh he was so good in whiplash it's sort of like you know two for two i'm not opposed to that but mel gibson being snuck into the director category strikes me as very interesting and i don't know what that says about the academy in the wake of oscar so white in the wake of mel's career to this point in the wake of the movie that he made, which is a very violent war movie that was originally supposed to be a Christian sort of recruitment movie that was eventually brought in under Mel's wing and made less Christian and more sort of generally inspiring. It just seems very interesting to me that like they, they, it, to it, like I have the sense of a movie that the first chance people had to redeem Mel Gibson, they took it. And I find that to be an odd choice, and I find it odd that it beat out um, Hell or Water, that it beat out High Figures, that it beat out Fences. I just was not beat out Martin Scorsese. I just was. Not, I'm surprised that Mel Gibson rose back into uh, Hollywood's loving arms so quickly. So basically, you're saying you wanted him to make a better movie before he would be. Uh... <laughs> I would have. I really enjoyed Hacks on Ridge. I'm, but I will say, it, just a backdoor insight into how we do our website and our blog and our reviews. If a movie, if we see a movie and it's been out for a couple months, we don't necessarily go back and write a review of it unless it's really good. Like unless it's something that we want to say, we saw this. It was great. Like I'm, I'm so full of ideas and thoughts that I yeah. can't help but get them on the paper. And when I saw Hacksaw Ridge, that was not something that crossed my mind. Like mm-hmm. it was a fun war movie. Vince Vaughn was in it. He had a little gun. Sam Worthington was in it. He was sort of like redeeming himself from Avatar. Andrew Garfield was good. He was, you know, it was he played a cool character. He's a little shrimp, but he's carrying a lot of people really strongly. Like it was interesting and and entertaining and inspiring in its own way but i was just very surprised to see that this was the introduction back into the good graces for for mel and and, uh, his movie making career uh yeah well i'll leave that all to you because i haven't seen the movie uh i mean i've heard generally good things most people that have seen it they say something along the, the lines of what you said which is solid good maybe not best picture nominee, but uh, I would say generally this category is like very unsexy this year. I mean, there's, um, there's, well, there's basically four names here that I don't think most people are familiar with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's Mel. That's true. Uh, That's a good point. And, uh, and, um, and there was no one to really, besides Marty, there was no one who could like usurp one of the unknowns. Right, either. right. I feel like usually this ends up being a category where we've got, you know, even if they don't always win, you know, it feels like Scorsese, Spielberg, those are the type of... I mean, In your Rutu now. Right, that, that, uh, that, you know, just, again, knee-jerk kind of get included. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, I always, I've said this before on this podcast, but I, I'm always a little confused about how why directing is even a category at all because i think isn't that just what the 
this picture is. I, I, that always confused me, but um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of an unsexy category that I think yeah we were in agreement. Giselle will will waltz and spin and dance and sing to to victory pretty easily. <laughs> so, so. I will say I just noticed this. NPR said directors of four of the nine films nominated for best picture and list the four non nominees didn't make the cut. And it's like, well, but five did, though. So <laughs> there's only five options. So <laughs> sort of weird to point out that four didn't. Like, that, it would make more sense if, like, two non-nominees <laughs> made the cut. <laughs> but if five of the nine made the cut, that's sort of the whole point, right? Yeah. They narrowed it down to the five. Like, <laughs> Wait, so they're just <laughs> anyway. they're just writing an article about that's that should be called subtraction? I'm glad we have a podcast. I can take the time to note how odd that statement. (laughs) (laughs) There were eight nominees, uh, and maybe they wouldn't have had a story. I don't know. Uh, Andrew, there's another thing I think we both want to talk about a little bit, which is um, OJ Made in America getting a documentary. Yeah. Well, I put this in the best of uh, piece that's on the site now, but uh, you know. Is it a movie? I don't know. It's like eight hours long. Is the movie eight hours long? Is that a TV show? It was on TV. I don't really know. I don't really care. I think it's. I think it was the best documentary of the year. Um, I'm glad it's in there. Uh, I think. I think it. I think it. Uh, it says something that uh, that that's something that long that aired on television. Um, well, that that primarily was most people consumed on television. I mean, I think it originally said Sundance or some other film festival. Um, I think it's interesting that, that, uh, that, that what, what that sort of says about the future of movies to plug another podcast of ours, just go back and listen to stranger things. Sure. Um, You talk, we talked about this very recently, but I mean, uh, I mean, even beyond that, you've got a Netflix documentary also in this category 13, uh, which you listed in your, in your best, best 10. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that that means we're close to like a Netflix movie getting a best picture nomination or anything, but I think it's interesting that, well, I guess Amazon, Amazon funded, um, Manchester by the Sea. So there's that as sure. well. So, I think they uh, did uh, Patterson as well. I think yeah. I saw Amazon listed in the credits of Patterson. So I mean, which is a rel- which is a relatively well praised, if not Oscar award winning nominated movie. That's a sort but of I, emerging trend, I guess. Uh, I think uh, you're right. Though. I think like it reinforces what we talked about, especially for because there's there's no need to see documentaries on the big screen. Like right. I enjoy it. Like I love going. Like right. I saw. Uh, lo and behold and wiener in theaters and i enjoyed both of them immensely because i like seeing them with a crowd especially wiener which was you know relatively sensational and i think it's a crime that that wasn't nominated for best documentary because i think it was definitely the most talked about probably the most critically acclaimed and certainly the most timely after how much anthony wiener inadvertently impacted the presidential election but i think it's you know you don't have to see them all in that particular format, but it's, it's, it's nice to know that, that alternative options are being considered as well. Like 13th, what happened to release on Netflix and it wasn't punished for that. It wasn't, you know, it was well regarded by everybody and it was nominated for more than the, the, some of the documentary, uh, the theater ones were. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting field every, every year and they don't always get it right. And we've talked about this recently. Joshua Oppenheimer, 
who has made two of the best documentaries of the last eight years, however many years it has been. I don't think has ever been has ever won, and I. Not sure if he's even been nominated. He might have been nominated no, once. He was nominated. Both of them were nominated. Both of them were nominated. Okay, but yeah. he did not win. And they he, were. He lost to some crappy movies. Well, he not, lost not crap. crappy, but just uh, inferior movies. Yes, um, like not that didn't didn't have the scale or the vastness or the uh, international appeal or the broad human interest, human rights implications that his movie did. I, I and said, I think it's. Yeah, I, I said to you earlier today, they always fuck this category up, as far as I'm concerned. They fuck the nominees up, they fuck the winner up, they they just don't, they don't do it right, as far and as I'm concerned. And it's weird, because there's so many documentaries every year, you know, on scales large and small. There's there's ones that make theaters, there's ones that are VOD, there's ones that just, you know, go out to, you know, film festivals. So there's probably, you know, dozens of documentaries that have to fit into a five-person, yeah. a five-item category that, that's a pretty narrow uh, way to, to classify a huge right. swath of movie. So, I mean, I, I'm just, I, I feel like every year I'm disappointed with the winner. Um, like, I can't believe Life Itself didn't win a few, a few years back when that was nominated. Just, like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's not great. But maybe, maybe OJ will do it. Maybe OJ or 13th. I think, you know, we both would be, they're, they're timely. They're well done. OJ is obviously ambitious as hell. And, and again, kudos. I was talking to my girlfriend about this. Kudos for um, ESPN for airing OJ Made in America. Mm-hmm. Like that was an eight-hour, racially charged, crazy, uh, you know, reveal of all the things that people knew or did not know about how the OJ trial got started, where LA was at that time, where race, you know, where civil rights and racial implications were at that time. Like there was just so much that movie had to cover, and to for it to air on the most popular television network maybe in the world right now in in five parts this ambitious crazy thing like that's something to be praised to to be praised and kudos to them for making it so available to the point where i could stream it on my phone four months after the fact and get it in in time to consider this movie as the best of the year so yeah yep yeah Anything else, Andrew? Do you anything else to jump out of you? I mean, we've got there's some other interesting ones, but we'll save our bullets for the the, the prediction podcast. The animated features got some interesting stuff. The song, the song, no finding Dory. I'm happy about that. Yeah, well, it was Sorry. kind of a stacked category this year, uh, and then the, the the original song is going to be kind of an interesting uh, interesting race because I mean, I, I assume uh, La La Land will win, but um, uh, you know, you've got a Lin-Manuel Miranda song in there too from Moana. So, sure do. So, uh, so. And two La La Land songs. What if they split the vote and Trolls pops in? You know? uh, yep, I, I believe that's Justin Timberlake that actually did the song for that. So, I mean, I that's perhaps... a category I cannot give less of a shit about. But I, well, I, I usually don't, but I think it's kind of interesting. Well, it's interesting too because the front runner is uh, for the best picture is a musical, which is not not a common occurrence these days so anyway that's true it'll be it'll be fun to get you know justin timberlake and lin-manuel miranda on the screen at least so yeah i'm sure the oscar people the producers are very happy about that so yep so we'll see again there's a couple weeks till the oscars this they release them so early and they give us time to record podcasts and then give the world time to slowly deliberate the choices and Again, what I think what we, Andrew and I always insist is find a 
reviewer who you think suits your particular tastes or your particular interests in movies and see the 10 movies or whatever many movies that they think are good. Yeah. Don't, this is, this should not be the barometer for the world. Like this is a very broad touch. This is a very Hollywood centric bunch of awards. Do not use this like it, it, as much as you can try and expand your horizons. But at the same time, this, this is a, uh, it's fun to talk about and it's fun to bullshit about. And, they do, and for once, I think for this year, like we said, we there was not a lot of heated contenders at base. Like it's nice to see them sort of fall in line with critical appeal because of all the movies I've seen this year, which is not exhaustive by any means, they did a pretty good job of covering most of the things I really like. So, agreed. Yep, and uh, I agree on all counts, and we'll uh, we'll have more coming. Uh, probably just probably not a, a wave of content. Um, we have our own best of up right now, though. So if do. you if you think we Andrew do. and I suit your taste, you should go to nrealdeep.com and check out our best of and the I year. Th- I think we'll be breaking down that list uh, in the relatively near future as well. So uh, and picking our own best movie of the year that enters the potential in real deep hall of fame yes we, we haven't broken ground on the hall of fame yet but uh <laughs> we're getting there enough. though soon enough <laughs> we've got whiplash and i think creed is our two uh best movies of the year so yeah, far and then we just have to figure out our our uh our inaugural class of uh actors you gotta call barry and damien and uh and the gang oscar <laughs> oscar I, oscar isaac obviously yeah, yeah michael b jordan oscar definitely isaac. has to be in there Oscar Oscar's gonna wonder why he hasn't made his movies haven't made best of. We have to come up with some excuse there. Uh, I mean Oscar Isaac is like the babe Ruth of our, our <laughs> blog, I feel like, so uh, anyway. We'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, check out our um In Real Deep is going strong now. Go to inrealdeep.com, check out our best of, check out our reviews. Um we're gonna we're in the January sort of schlocky season with a bunch of crap out, but we will keep you know plugging ahead and writing good stuff i know we got a couple of things backlogged right now so we'll make sure to provide yes. the best interviews to everybody and i'm seeing silence tomorrow night so that will be andrew Sinks- soon. so by the time this is up there should be a silence review on the website so maybe we will- maybe yeah well- <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see i don't want to put words in his mouth but keep an eye you probably haven't seen all the good stuff we have up there so go to inrealdeep.com check out all of our podcasts and justice for al we have a podcast coming next week on any given Sunday, which is the Al Pacino football movie, as I think everyone refers to it as the Al Pacino football movie, and we are going to do that pre Super Bowl. And <laughs> I refer to it as the football. the Lawrence Taylor football movie, well, or Jamie Fox football movie, <laughs> or, or, the, or the Cameron Diaz football movie. <laughs> For our purposes, it's the Al Pacino football movie. The Cameron Diaz football movie without Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. So go to inrealdeep.com, check out all of our stuff, enjoy our best stuff, and enjoy your Oscar prognication, and we'll come back before it's all over and really lay the hammer down on what we think is going to win, although you could probably guess from what we talked about so far. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Andrew. Thank you so much for being here, as always. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios.